kind of old-fashioned cop who preferred working the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. He was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. This is One Tough Podcast on the OG Podcast Network. Here's your host, Bo Deedle. Welcome to One Tough Podcast. You know what? I'm always here every week with my man Carlo, the producer. Hello. But today, Carlo, I got somebody, I call him like my other son, my friend. For a lot of years, he came to me in 19, well, no, it was 2000 and probably seven or eight. Nine. Nine. Well, one of those years anyway. Don't even call me a liar. So he came up, he said, Bo, he goes, you know, we got this President Obama here doing nothing. We're going to put together this great <laughs> exactly what I said. hedge fund conference in Las Vegas. I'd like to put your name as one of the uh, speakers. And I said, yeah. So I gave him some stale candy in my office. That's true. And he broke his I mean, tooth. The candy was like if you were like living in a hotel and you had like the food thing in a hotel and they never replaced anything in the, in the Some, little like uh, they, mi- hotel the mini you know? It was unbelievable. I was like breaking my tooth on like a 1991 Snickers. So I bet him that. We're going to talk about something before we go back okay. to that. All right. Well, Anthony is one of the most successful Harvard Tuffy School. Is that called Tuffy School? What's Tough, school? Yeah, that school sucked, but Harvard was great. Harvard, you're you're a guy that I ad- admire very much. Your success is like overwhelming. You're a guy that gets it done. You're a tough guy that's tough in business, not that tough on the street, but tough in business. Well, and- after you saw that documentary, the Mooch documentary, you said you were worried for me. <laughs> yes. Why were you worried for me? I was a little, I was a little come across. You get, you get, you get a little, little outrageous there. But let's give a little bit background. You're the definition of outrageous. So, that's why you're doing so well with the podcast. So I mean, listen to this. Anthony has gone to all these schools, got a great education, but he comes from a blue-collar family like me. He, I mean, they didn't have nothing. They didn't have shit where he came from his family. Same as my family. Hard-working people. That's Good a, people. But Anthony had his office. At the the prize, no, I call it the prize. Eyes on the prize. He's a hard worker. When I tell my kids, like you, my man, I, like eyes I, on the prize. You got to make it. You got to like hustle. I tell my kids, no so, whining either. So he worked for Goldman Sachs with all those fruitcakes down there, all those fugazis down there, and then he went on his own and he went into a into a hedge fund. But it's fun to fund. It's called Skybridge Capital. And what Skybridge Capital is, they probably are doing probably 12 billion bucks with people's monies back and forth, but hedge funds. So he started this great SALT conference. Who is he had there? Every United States president, every secretary of state, guys from England. Uh, what is his name? That guy from England. What is his name? What's his name? We got a couple of them. Tony Blair. Tony Gordon Blair, yeah. Brown, I'm not pronouncing it right. Tony Make Blair, a long Gordon story Brown. Short, this has become the the conference that everybody wants to go to. And, you know, my friend Fahad from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Fahad, you know who he is? I know who he is, yeah. Yeah, he's hooking up with me. He's coming? Yeah, he's going to come. come. He's going to come. And it's the greatest conference. And I went to the original one, and I go every year because of Anthony. And it's it's a show. It's a show for anybody who wants to get down and see with the real power makers. These are all power people. I flew out there with Steve Cohen on his plane. He used to have SAC Capital. I mean, it's the who's who people of finance, not just hedge fund guys. I'm talking about captains of the industry. And it's just a 
mega conference entertainment. He brings in Maroon. Was it Maroon? What Maroon Five? Maroon Five. Public. Lenny Kravitz. We have. You know, such, I got this shit. You're gonna who, love this. I got, I got John Fogarty, man. John Fogarty. Who's Greetings John Fogarty? That's great. Greetings Clearwater. He's dead. I thought. What are you, Nazi? He's 70 years old. He looks great. He yeah. looks like he might be dead by the yeah, time he's yeah, you know, he, he definitely, you know, is up there, but he looks good and he's, he's great performer. Like that one, I'm going to go to one of those topless shows. And when you go there, I'm going to go to one of those clubs. All right. right. I could watch the dance. Perfume and glitter <laughs> and an evacuation of capital. But but you know what? You know what's really great about Anthony? He doesn't forget his friends, Anthony. And when we when I go out there, he treats me like I'm I'm his other half. He brings me all the special parties. I get into the VVV IPPP party where you only have maybe twelve people. You have special dinners, and I'm really honored that that Anthony's my friend. Friend. So after he does this Skybridge Capital stuff, and he's running a great hedge fund, fund to fund, and then all of a sudden he gets involved with our great president. I call him great. Anybody don't like it, they could kiss my ass. Uh, he gets involved. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, he probably should have stayed there. And, you know, he made a little bit of a heat cup. He made a little mistake, a little mistake. But his whole... You think it, I deserve to be fired? Not for? at all. So why do you think I get fired? I, I don't know. We're going to talk about that because yeah. that's so important. Look at me with Fox. When I went after that woman, Jamal Williams, whatever her name was, she was arguing with me about the Garner case. I said, look, it, that's a terrible tragedy. He died of a heart attack. Guy got him in the head like I used to do that. Nobody died. She goes, yeah, a racist cop, I says, and she, I go like this, and she goes, I hear you're going to run for mayor. She goes, you're too short to be the mayor. I go, I'm too short. I said, you're too fat. Mm-hmm. And that that sealed my my casket. She went after me. It was okay. And I'm like you. We don't we don't hold back. But I'll never forget when Smart. I was running the mayor. I was in Dominican Republic, and I had on CNN when Anthony first took the job. He got up there. He's in control of the whole situation. And right now, he should have never Trump should have never got rid of Anthony. He's what he needs there because his loyalty is beyond anything. Yeah, no, I and, say very loyal. I mean, it's not going to be. I'm not going to agree with everything Trump's doing. No, but we I, can't. I mean, Stay very loyal to him. You're not. You're going to separate children from the mothers at the border. You can't separate. You no, know, and, you're and, not, not going to support and, and, and that. Became, you support that? You not think at all. A good idea. And it that's became not good. the whole. And it became. He's the trying whole, to tell me that it's. Oh, well, Obama used to do it. it and oh, hey, they hate your guts. They're going to have 500 cameras on you when you. That is exactly it. No matter you what know, you, you know, do, life, Mr. President. Life is unfair, man. No matter what you Get do, Mr. It. President, is they hate you. So anything they look now, because Barr just came out and said they were spying on the Trump campaign by the uh, by the FBI and by the attorney generals. And everyone's going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The fact is, anything that Trump says, they hate him so much. You know why they hate him? Because he comes. He's kind of like you and me. He says it like it is. He's also he's not from them. So they're nervous about him. God forbid he could descend from New York into Washington and be one of the more successful presidents in modern history. And these guys got four decades of Washington experience, and he's just kicking their ass. And every one of them. They, they're not going to be able to handle that, so they got to demonize them. They're using every trick in the book. Then they use a couple of tricks on me, you know, that whole Jedi mind yeah. trick shit that they do. And it worked, and they got me blown out. And, but Trump should have backed me. That's my honest opinion. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm he's totally a, he's back got the, He's got the hardest job in the world. If he thought it was right for me to be there, and then 11 days later he thought it was wrong for me to be there, I'm totally okay with it. I'm, You'll never hear me whine about it. I came on this podcast last time, never going to whine about it. But I'm just saying to you, they're going to put every trick in the book on him. Uh, and they're going to keep doing it. They're going to do everything they can do. He's going to win re-election. 
We they're going to hammer him into the ground as hard as they can. And, you know, to me, I just wish if he calmed down a little, he'd have like a 60% approval. You know what his problem is, too? And you know what I like about a tough guy? I like a tough guy with compassion. If you do something wrong, like we had a little something when I was running for mayor, and I said, you know, I'm all stressed out. I'm sorry, because I went after you. I said some nasty things you know, during that time. But no, no, I'm making a point here. Yeah. I'm making a point. Yeah, the I, point I, is I compassion right. with strength. If you say something wrong, Donald, I don't know about Donald Trump. Have you ever heard him say, I'm sorry? Three times. Wrong? He said he was sorry when he got caught with the Access Hollywood Tape when he's grabbing about the grabbing by the pussy. Eleven fifty eight PM he said he was sorry. He said he was sorry to Theresa May last July when he said, you know, I'm very sorry I took that interview with the tabloid. I didn't realize it was gonna cause you a problem. And then the third time that he said that he was sorry, he apologized to the original Pocahontas for comparing Elizabeth Warren to her. He said he didn't think that was fair to Pocahontas oh, or, so the, or to Pocahontas family. Apologies I just want to say, look, I'm sorry that I compared <laughs> Elizabeth Warren's to the original Pocahontas. It wasn't fair to Pocahontas. Yeah. So that was the third well, time. I'm talking about if you want to get things done, compromise is so important. But you know what? Honestly, the way they hate them, they have a vileness towards them. And then you get this Ocasio Dapa Dapa who has no clue about life. And this other Muslim chick there from. Uh, Ilan Omar. And, yeah. And, and they're out there. They want to just flatten this country out. And I mean, the left has to look at one thing. The left have to look what they're trying to sell. I would rather vote for Joe Biden if I'm a Democrat than any one of these. I, Joe I Biden's a little bit of... A, a, we should be getting bumper stickers all over New York. AOC out ASAP. Why don't you... AOC out ASAP. Why don't you move into the district and run right against this bitch for Congress? No, oh, I mean, come on. Bo, I'm back. Running my business. I'm. Oh. By the way, I'm also trying to stay married, Bo. All right, so uh, let's that, try to that, stay married. That's right. And, yeah. Let's run the business. And you want to know I, I know his wife is yeah, one I mean, of the most on. beautiful, lovely, and yeah, he's we almost, with, I almost got blown blessed, out of the marriage. With he's the, blessed the with Trump two stuff. children with her. He has three other children from his other marriage. Yeah, beautiful let's stay kids. married. Let's stay married. And let's, you want to know something? I told politics you. Good Did for I you? tell you? Was politics good for you? No. I mean, the stents were closing in your heart no, in the politics. No. Right? Why was politics 18 months, I stressed out. Because they're animals. Out, stressed out. Why were you stressed months? out? Because they're animals. Because I was trying to really do the right thing. Right. And they go after you in a way that right. you never fully envisioned. Easter Sunday. These are the Did worst people on the planet. That's remember? why the American people hate the politicians, because they're, they're literally the worst people that you could ever come across. Easter what did Trump say about the politicians? Let me just finish. What did he say? He said, uh, you know, I thought the real estate guys were tough. Then I came down here because the real estate has a bunch of babies compared to these people. Unbelievable. Easter Sunday, I'm running for mayor. Mm -hmm. Front page of the New York Daily News. The whole page with my picture, Bo O's, O-W-E-S. Easter Sunday, so my kids, I was out in the Hamptons. My kids are calling, Daddy, did you get arrested? What happened? Yeah, that, it was, first of all, it was an offer of compromise about me living in the city when I was out the 188 days. I fought it for 10, 12 years. Finally, when I ran for mayor, I said, look, I'll give you, it was, the, the original thing was 100,000, but with but penalty and interest went to 488. I said, I'll give you 250,000 and I'll give you $50,000 every six months or something. I made an offer of compromise. They didn't tell you that. They put me in the paper to embarrass me. I never got a retraction on the damn thing. Even the people from the tax department goes, that's outrageous. You don't know that they money. Got me, they got me good. And then, and they blew me out. But you know what? You also got more fame from it. Like I, I told know. Trump, you know, you made me as famous as Melania and Ivanka. I didn't have to sleep with you or be your daughter. So it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't really. I mean, at the end of the day, 
what you got to do in life is never whine and never complain, okay? Because, you know, my kids tell me that life is unfair. I laugh. I said, it is unfair, and you've won the lottery, okay? You're on the right side of life, so just take a chill, enjoy <laughs> your life, get through it, and, uh, you know, things aren't going to ever be perfect. Let's face it. But you're, you know what? I mean, it was, it was, it had to be so freaking exciting to be, I mean, you were a communication director, but in reality, you were in the realm of the top five, including the president of the country. I mean, that, that had to be exciting yeah, run, well, no? Yeah. Yes, but I mean, Bo, I'm a grounded guy like you. Uh, I didn't really care about any of that sort of nonsense. What I really cared about was, okay, how are we going to do a good job for him? How are we going to promote policies that are going to help the people that we grew up with uh, better their lives? And how are we going to see if we can stop some of this nonsense in Washington? These people have failed the country. $21 trillion in debt. They killed a million people in the Middle East. They wounded 70,000 servicemen and women. They killed 7,000 uh, servicemen and women. 22 are dying a day to PTSD. Education system sucks, crumbling infrastructure, uh, no industrial policy. The Chinese, 25 years for the Chinese is a second. We have no 25-year plan to fix anything in America. These people absolutely and totally suck. And they're very, very mean. They're very, very dishonest. And if you want to get somebody normal into the game that looks at it and says, I'm not going to care about left or right, but I'm really focused on right or wrong. What's right or wrong for America, not what's left or right for America – they're going to try to annihilate you. When you were, when you were in the communication as communication director, were you involved at all with Cohen and with uh, with the uh, 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 secretary of uh, uh, what's the secretary called with the commerce and all that? Were Wilbur you, Ross. Yeah, were you involved with speaking to them? I mean, your your abundance of knowledge of every aspect about the economy, and I mean, I've watched you on shows. There are no questions you can't answer. Well, I appreciate that. No, I mean, lady, I, and Michael was still economy. tight tight with the president when I was there. When I was there, I was in a study with the president. Michael came in through the Oval Office. The president got up to go talk to him. They were still tight. Michael? You're talking about Michael Cohen, right? Who, no, uh, I'm who talking, talking about Cohen from Goldman. Gary Cohen. Oh, Gary Cohen. Cohen. Okay, no, different not guy. Michael. No, oh, Michael no, Gary, like Fredo. Yeah, that was a mistake. Michael made a mistake. You don't do what Michael's doing. No. I mean, you and, know and, that. I know that. And I know that. Michael for a long time, but no, he's I like, like Fredo. He's yeah, like I like, a rat. I like, I like Michael, but you don't do it. You don't grow up in a neighborhood like you or me. And become a rat. Do do what Michael's doing. So that's, that, that was No, what I was trying to get at with Gary Cohen. I talked to Gary yesterday. But like I was trying to say, he may take over a bank, big bank. Bank there, that one's going down there. What's that called? Uh, Bank of America, I think. Wells Fargo, I think. Well, it is. Wells yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, well, look, I mean, the point is, were you? Because, like I say, I've listened to you for years at the at the at the fun conferences when you interview people. He doesn't have cue cards. He doesn't have a uh, teleprompter. Scooch goes right at him and knows the particulars about the economy. What parts are failing? What you have to do to to build it up? I'm are you a little afraid of where years. we're going? Yeah, so, you know, I want to course, tack on to those questions. Of course I'm afraid questions. where we're going. We're, 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 the great news about where we're going, though, is that there's so much technological inf- uh, innovation, biotechnological innovation, that despite having some of the worst politicians in the nation's history and the worst policies, because we have so much quantum and exponential technological growth and innovation, we may save ourselves. I'll give an example. Obamacare sucks. Just look at it. It totally sucks. Having said that, 
improvements in biotechnology, improvements in medical technology, were reducing the per capita rate of medical delivery to people. They thought it was going to go up and be 30% of GDP. It's at 23 now, but it's on its way back to 10. The people get fixed faster getting, and getting out of the hospital. That, that, that's what I'm saying. So, so the irony is our politicians completely suck. These are some of the worst people on the planet. And uh, but we let them ha- we let them have it. You know what they did to us, Bo? They act like complete assholes. And so what ends up happening is normal people say, OK, I don't want any part of that. They don't even vote. And that plays right into the politicians ability to stay in power. So what we got to do is we got to get normal people out to vote. You know what I'm going to work on? I'm not going to be a politician, but we're going to normal people. Hey, you live in a st- city in New York. You're a minority partner in your own life. OK, 53 cents comes out of your wallet. You get to keep 47 cents, 58 no, 53. 53. Okay, yeah. 53. So a dollar comes in, you're working your ass off. Yeah. A dollar comes in, you get to keep 47. Yeah. Uh, your partners are Bill de Blasio, mm. Andrew Cuomo, and Donald J. Trump. Okay, now look, they're not the best part. Trump's a great partner. He's trying to fix it. But those other two guys, look what they did to the state. I mean, you know, look, I like Andrew. Him and I have personal friends, but $175 billion budget. Where's the money? That's what I want to Where know. is it going? Where, where are the bridges and roads and tunnels and Nothing's airports? Happening. And what about the education? Where, where's the money, guys? You know, okay, it, listen, you got 19 million people. You got $175 billion budget. You know, where's the money? Well, like we Where talk, is the money? We were even talking about with the city. The people the know. The people city, are so tired Anthony, of it. Anthony, when you get almost a billion dollars by the by the uh, mayor's wife who never ran a, a lemonade stand, she doesn't know what the hell she's doing with the mental illness, the mental illness that's on the streets. In our classrooms, we have mentally ill children. They can't remove them. They can't monitor these kids. Also on Rikers Island, she says she spent all this money going to senior citizens' home. When you're 87 years old, if you make it there, you're depressed. But my point is, this is just one facsimile of what's going on. When I ran for mayor about the housing, hell, you should have bought private people, and if they couldn't take care of the housing authority. And then on top of the schools, my daughter's a teacher in the South Bronx. The kids are being pushed through. They can't read and write. That's a good thing for black and Hispanic children? They don't care. They're going Nobody to write a cares. nasty story about you. Put you on the front page of the Daily News, and that'll stop. Did a you see that woman that was testifying yesterday? Care. That black young uh, lady was testifying. Candace, and Candace Owens. Yeah, she did a good job. Unbelievable. And she was saying, "Enough already. This is all baloney. They just want us to feel bad about ourselves, but they're not helping. Nobody's helping us, but they're not telling us the facts." And people go after her all day, every day. Well, let me tell you something. He's at six percent of the vote last time, Donald J. Trump. He goes to ten. You know, it's over. He goes to 15. He's it's permanently over for them. So so the the joke is you destroyed the inner cities with your left leaning policies. The joke is you've destroyed the aspirational opportunity of these people. So now you got them dependent on you. So there's a large part of them say, look, I don't care. I'll vote for you. Just give me the free stuff. But it's a large group of them say, wait a minute, I don't want that. I want an opportunity. One of Trump's best lines in 2016 was. What the hell do you have to lose? Remember he said yeah, that? He spoke in he Chicago. Said he was in Chicago, in inner city, people killing each other, yeah. drugs, well, that was part of my uh, crumbling idea. schools. Well, part of my what the hell do you have to lose? Before Bill Shine left, I talked to Bill. He was setting up something where I was going to go with the president to Chicago and talk about the federal RICO being in, 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 in... Why did Bill leave? Do you know? What's that? Why did Bill leave? I think, I think <clears> it was... Uh, you know what? He didn't have a personality like you. That's how I can say it. He wasn't an extrovert guy that took mm-hmm. charge. Bill, I love. Well, he lasted a lot longer than me. I well, mean, well, if you yeah. want to measure my mooches, he probably lasted like 
two hundred. No, mooches. but the point the point is, right, had last, I don't like, think days, I think I Trump know. wants a a personality like you to to spiel his what he think, wants no, to Trump do. Trump doesn't like co-stars. You, you yeah, know that, yeah, and I don't. Know. Yeah, you, but you don't, you don't like people that are. You know, he, he remember the girl that was the blonde girl that he worked with uh, at The Apprentice. She was rising. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, yeah. don't like it. He likes Carolyn something. Yeah, you know who she was. Yeah. But I mean, he looks fine. That's that's Trump. The, the, he, you're not going to change him. He's 72, 73 years old. If he would dial down the Twitter a little and he would dial down some of the rhetoric, he'd have a 65 percent approval. Absolutely. Now, but he won't listen. So he's going to make it tough on everybody. We're going to go 51 and win. But he could go 65 well, and win like well, Reagan. 51 and win is scary for me. Well, why not dial it back then? My point is when you listen to what's going on with the with the Democrats, with the ultra left, you got to realize something in this country, something like 95 percent of the people live paycheck to paycheck. Well, that's why. And here's well, another the, statistic. The, the, How the, about 60 percent of them make under thirteen dollars an hour? Greed so is, now you're going to have these liberal Ocasio mm-hmm. and this Kamala Harris. And then next thing is they're going to say, well, we're going to get this. We're going to get that. I'm scared stiff that they may not. They may come out in droves and, and vote. Against Donald Trump. Well, greed has created the ultra left. Let me explain why, okay? The capitalist system is an unbelievable system. It unleashes growth and innovation. It lifts people out of poverty. But we have a facocta form of capitalism now because it's too tied into the government. You've got a lot of crony capitalism. And so what happens is these guys are making 60, 100, 300, 500 million dollars a year, and they're not focused on our workers. And they don't, they don't allow the workers to make enough money. And so what ends up happening, the workers are going to disaffect and they're going to mm-hmm. vote for free stuff. Henry Ford, whatever you think of him, racist, bad guy, all that other stuff, but he was a good social engineer. He told people, look, I'm going to pay the people on my assembly line enough money to afford the car that they're producing. I'm also going to put them in a nice house. They're going to be a small little house, but it's going to be nice and they're going to be close to a good school system. And so this way, when I'm sitting in my Dearborn, Michigan mansion, eating gourmet food and drinking French champagne, they're not going to come after me with a tiki torch and a pitchfork. They're going to be super happy in their house, and they're going to pass a baton of American dreamism to the next generation of people. And so that was my dad. My dad had no money. My dad was a uh, laborer. My dad was a construction worker. He was in a union. He was, was, he was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal guy, my father. You know, he's 84 years old today. God bless God him. Bless. I, I do everything I can to take care of him and my mother. And uh, they created a great opportunity for me. But you're, you're killing those people now. My father's wages priced in 1974 to 2014, 40 short years, are down in real economic terms, 26.7%. Wow. How are you going to live? So here's what you guys got to do. Just focus on yourselves. Make a gajillion dollars. Politicians uh, game the system, full-blown corruption, and 50 to 60% of the people are going to get pissed. And when they get super pissed, you're going to have a problem. Okay, so rather than do that, why not come up with solutions? Forget about left and right. Why don't we come up with solutions and plans that will actually fix but the problem? But you'll never re have the problem, I, th- I see. Why not? Is Look, at Fox News, obviously, I was 12 years, I was a contributor. Fox News is the only ones that really tell. Like, it's every other network, NBC, CNN, every ABC, NBC, every one of them, they don't report Anything that's on a positive level, the jobs, the the jobs availability and all that. So what I'm saying is, think, the people that are turning the credibility on credibility to media shot. Bo? Absolutely. 
You think Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it was, it's interesting you mentioned that because there was a report last week that unemployment claims are at the lowest level in 50 years. Uh, we're on track to have the largest economic expansion in our nation's history. But to your point, Anthony, there are a lot of disaffected people. There's people my age, my generation, that are saddled with student debt, that are their wages aren't rising. They have to postpone their life milestones, purchasing a home, getting married, having children. So, you know, you said there has to be solutions. Where do you see the solutions let me give you the bad news is why the politicians will never say this. There's no immediate solution. Mm-hmm. This took a 30 to 40 years to put us in a ditch that we're in in terms of that divide. And so it's going to take 25 years to fix it. Mm-hmm. So you need a 25-year infrastructure plan. You need a 25-year uh, industrial policy plan. You need a jobs training and technical skills training, cultural transformation where you got to tell people it's okay if you don't go to a four-year college, you know, I got Trade. plumbers and sheetrock people that are working in my house making right a now. Of a million bucks. They're making great money and they're surviving, and they got great. My 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 cousin's an auto glass installer out on Long Island. My cousin Augie, he's done phenomenally well. Did he go to college? He did not go to well, college. I, so, I didn't go to college. So we, yeah. well, okay, so we have to transform the culture and the way we think about success and who we are. We can do all of these things, but the jobs. And the conversion of that activity is not going to come back in a day, an hour, or a two- or a four-year term. But over 25 years with the right strategic planning, it could come back. But I submit to both of you rhetorically, tell me the politician you know that has a 25-year plan for America. You know any? I don't know any, but another thing that I want to add. It's a joke. With the rise in automation, you know, more jobs are being automated. And now it's even affecting the service economy. There's AI technology that can do a lot of work that clerical workers do. Truck drivers are going to soon be out of jobs. You know, with that 25-year plan, who, you know, what, what happens? Okay, okay so that's why it has to be a 25-year plan, because there'll be levels of dislocation, mm-hmm. just like there was in the Industrial Revolution. When we move from an agrarian society to an urban service society, there was massive amounts of dislocation. But if you look at the society today and you measure its wealth, uh, we're all doing so much better. When people bring that up to me, I say, okay, I want you to imagine you're in 1919. I'm going to give you $150,000 of 1919 dollars. That's about $4.5 million of today's purchasing power. You're going to live like a king in 1919, but you've got to live in 1919. Or I'll give you $150,000 in 2019, and you can live in 2019. Most people will take living in 2019 on the lower amount of purchasing power because look at the access. so much easier. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? The access to drugs, technology, $300 flight down to Florida. You're living like a king. You're not flying in 1919. You're not not getting the drug and health care that you're getting in 2019 versus 1919. So the society has quantumly left up and made everybody more prosperous as a result of capitalism. But it has created an unevenness that it shouldn't be creating. There should be governmental forces that are not socialistic, that are free market in their basis and incentivizing people to help other people in the system. You think? Do you think? Okay. Listen. And so you, yes, it would take twenty five years. We shouldn't be you, overly worried about the automation because to me, be Anthony, you're an economist. I, I got to be trained. Economist. You're a lawyer. You're an economist. What? Whatever happened? We talked about it prior to this election. 
Whatever happened to the flat tax the, across the board, whether you're making billions of dollars and get rid of some. Uh, you know what bothers people? What bothers me, too? Every one of my real estate partners, they pay no freaking tax. Depreciation, appreciation. They got to get rid of the loopholes and pay a flat tax across the board where a guy who's making $100 a week, he's going to pay 15 percent tax. And then the guy making 15 billion dollars, he'll pay 15 percent. How much easier? And then we can eliminate half the IRS. There's, there's, you know, is that an idea? Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pages of tax code. It would be a phenomenal idea, and every economist it would has be proposed fair. it. Yeah, it would it, be yeah, fair across but, the board. But, but, but this is why it will never happen because you have special interests, and you have politicians, and the politicians are incentivized to feed off the special mm. interests and the lobbyists. And so, the minute you put the flat wow. tax in, guess what would happen? You know, you added since the Reagan tax reform. 100,000 pages of tax code. More, and that's more, yeah. all special interest lobbying and jobs. And in order corporate to, take welfare and, uh, to take advantage of it, no, if you, you have to have an attorney that is an oh, yeah. attorney that's a killer, and the communist regular people China, don't have it. Bo, communist China, 35% all in. Capitalist America, 55% is the tax. You're in California or in New York, you're 55%. In wow. communist China, you're 35%. Guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? Someone's got to get in there and say, hey, guys, what are we doing? And they say, wait a minute. This guy's going to tell the truth. One of the funniest things that happened to me after my press conference, you remember my press conference, I right? watched it when I, was- I came off the podium. The president was very happy. I got a phone call from somebody who was an opposition researcher for the Republican Party, and he says, that was terrible. I said, that was terrible? I thought that, you know, the president I do you great. I said, the president liked it. Why was it terrible? You telling the truth on the White House podium? What are you absolutely nuts? I got four staffers from four different Republican senators that have called me. So we got to get rid of this guy. What what kind of dirt do you have on him? Of course, I'm not going to be doing any dirt digging on you. You're one of my best friends, but a couple other opposition research guys are going to dig dirt on you. They want you out of here. You can't tell the American people the truth from the podium. What are you nuts? <laughs> You're going to tell the American people that the, ta- the debt's not going to get paid back? You're going to wow. tell the American people that we have declining living standards unless we're going to fix the system and re-engineer the policies? What are you going to tell the American people, Ant? You're going to tell them the truth from the White House podium? I'm not going to let you do that. They're going to take you out, bro. I tell you, you know, the future. And then 11 days later, I was gone. <laughs> Yeah, but I believe me. But they made, you know, like I told Trump, he I, made me as famous as Melania and Ivanka. I didn't have to sleep with them or be his daughter. So well, let me tell you something. Then you live and learn. I, I would tell the president if he walked in this door right now that you were wrong for getting rid of Anthony. Anthony had your back. But with that said, <laughs> I still do have his we're back. talking about technology. You know what's been happening? What's been happening in technology is people are just sliding right through it. And part of the things I'm going to talk about when I'm at the conference, and I want a nice position there because it's so important. Mm-hmm. I have a I CEO. You're going to do the podcast? The podcast? I got a little podcast. Yeah, uh, but I don't want just the podcast. I want to do the general assembly. Yes, I realize Listen that, but I'm going to get you real good guests for your podcast. This is important. A CEO of a major drug company calls me up. Bo, you got to help me. My check was going into my bank. It was rediverted into another account. Then I get another company, a call from a financial institution, a vice president of a major bank. Bo, I sent my money to my brokerage thing. They never got it, went somewhere else. You know what's going on out there. What's going on right now is you're online, not you. He sends you an email. You have what they call day loggers. They go in there. They don't react right away. They now embed themselves in an email. They're in your system. You don't know they're in your system. Now they're watching. They're watching your security codes. They're watching your account codes. Then they make a move. 
whole this whole thing with this sextortion. I just did was on CNN yesterday with it uh, with a sextortion. What it's about is that you'll get an email and say, you know what? I here's your password because they see that they, they they've been monitored when they key logged. They sit in there. They put what they call malware in there. I've got and those fo- things. I just ignore no, say here's your no, password. No, no, no. You we caught you on like a porno. No, site no, no. no you, yeah, you need your money. You're, like, no, you're just, doing that. But what if you're doing business on your computer with your bank with your account number and they start moving stuff around? My point is, this is one of the most. And I've been getting calls on it. What the company, the company that Danny and I put together. We bought the four, uh, three patents. It's called keystroke encryption. Whenever you do a keystroke on your mobile device or on your computer, it it it, 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 it takes it right down to the kernel. It encrypts it right down. So if someone breaks into your computer, they cannot see any of your codes. They can't see your personal account code. That's like me breaking into your house, Anthony, and you have everything no, bolted I, I down. You it. can't bring it out. This is what I'm going to be talking about, one of no, the main issues at your soul conference, because everyone will become a victim of cyber fraud. No, believe I'm me, I, I, I got this is what happens in your businesses now, right? I got tons of regulation from the government, so I got 10 or 12 people running on that. And you got the cyber stuff. I've got to have at least 10 or 15 people to protect the integrity of our account information, our security, and all that other stuff. But this keystroke and, is and so by the way, As Bo knows, and the cliche is, you know, the two types of companies, those who uh, have been hacked and those who will be or, or those who think they haven't, but actually have as well. Well, you know, it's uh, like it's like masturbation. When someone tells me they don't masturbate, you know, you know, the lying, right? There's well, people, well, there's people that masturbate and there's people I, that I are did, lying and I say that they don't masturbate. I did yesterday. Well, well, you didn't have to tell us that, but oh, we, okay. we knew that, but just okay. by looking at how relaxed you are yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay. We knew that you, but the point did that. is this, a lot of people don't realize these, these are what they call key loggers and they're out there surfing the web. Then they have the dark web. We, we searched the dark web. I could search the dark web on you right now, my people. We could find out if any of your account codes are on the dark web. They actually put them on the dark web. This is one of the most important things that I want to talk about at the SOAR conference because every one of these hedge funds could be disseminated and dismantled like real quick, if they make an all-out attack, they can remove money from accounts, train accounts. Even with Skybridge, you got to get the keystroke encryption in there. This way, if you get breached, because I used to be the spokesman for RSA, remember? They were part of EMC. Dell took them over. I actually did a keynote uh, speech mm-hmm. for the president of RSA, and like they said, mm-hmm. In, in reality, in reality, in mm-hmm. reality, you can't stop the hackers. Mm-hmm. They go over, under, through, but you can stop the hackers from getting pertinent information right, so with the keystroke encryption. Oh, every time I've had you out there, you give a great speech. And one contribution I've made to your life, you no longer have stale candy in your office. Okay? Fresh so that's candy. Where, yeah, you always have fresh candy now. Anthony, real quick, uh, mm-hmm. we were talking a little bit about policies that allow capitalists yeah. to improve mm-hmm. the economy. Can you talk a little bit about opportunity zones and the funds that you're putting yeah, together? Just, just quickly, I mean, it's an amazing program um, uh, adopted by the Trump administration, but actually started by Sean Parker and championed by Cory Booker. So it's a left and right leaning idea. And those are great ideas. And so what is it? There's 20% of our country that's now been designated as opportunity zones. They took the 2010 census. They said, if there's 20% of the people that are living in those areas that are below the poverty line, this will be designated by the United States government as an opportunity zone. So if you live in one of those areas, the United States is now telling people you that build. they can invest their money in those areas and improve those areas 
they can get a return on their capital investment without, without any big tax. without any taxes. So there's three components to it. Ready? I bought Microsoft stock for a dollar. I sold it for a hundred and one dollars. I now have a capital gain of a hundred. Mm-hmm. I can roll it into an opportunity zone. Instead of paying the twenty percent capital gain, they'll allow me to defer it for seven years. And at the end of the seventh year, I pay a seventeen percent capital gain or a fifteen percent reduction. And you can use that money. And then now the money's in the zone. If I can hold it in there for ten years, I get that money tax free. So in quick summary, it's tax deferral. It's a tax discount. And then on the return in the zone to help improve those areas, it's tax elimination. So it's deferral, discount, and elimination. And I just spoke at an event with Steve Wickoff, one of, uh, one of, one of uh, Bo's good friends. And I got to tell you something. Uh, this is going to be phenomenal. Stephen Mnuchin from the Treasury, uh, Treasury Secretary, he believes that this will be a $100 billion project for the United States. A hundred billion dollars of infrastructure will be released into these zones. Yeah, correct. So Skybridge is... Hold on. In those opportunities, you have to develop affordable property. You can't do what they did in the West Side Yards over here. You can't afford it. That's going to be a big bubble that's going to pop. My friend Steve Ross built something over there, and there ain't no regular people that could go over there. You can't rent. You can't buy. You can't do anything over there. You have done nothing for the city. He didn't have one apartment that is affordable apartment well, well well i'm going to defend him for a second because one of the one of the things that had to happen is there were three or four uh low income housing areas but i think it's not enough is what you're probably saying no but, no no at west side yes yeah, none side, no no I, bo i swear to god because you know i'm in the big brother program for 28 yeah. years one of the kids that was 13 years old when i was in a big brother program 28 years ago is now 41 and he works as a security guard at night. And he grew up in the Bronx, up on Loring Place. And he is living in a subsidized uh, housing that was created by uh, related companies. Not a, in that. Not in the it's West pretty, Side. It's yards. pretty close. I'll give you the address. Not it's in about, West Side. It's about three. Yards. It's about three blocks. That away. was one of the things. About when three Steve, blocks away. When Steve took it over, this twenty-five billion dollar. That was. Part of the deal, they did not have to put the eighty twenty. None of that stuff. No, it's not eighty twenty. That's the point. But it, yeah. it, you know, there, there was some built. But you're right. But here's the thing: in those areas, you're going to build some low income housing. You're going to renovate uh, parts of the area. We're building a hotel right now in New Orleans. New Orleans was devastated by Hurricane King in his Katrina. Own? In his own. So we're going to have the first flag, Virgin Who's Atlantic. Who's we? Uh, well, Skybridge. Skybridge Opportunity Zone Fund. Yeah, I want to get Our in. Our sub-advisor is Westport Capital. I want to get in. Okay. See, Bo's got – those are Italian singles. For those of you that are listening at home, those Benjamins, we call those Italian signals in my neighborhood, Okay. <laughs> Where's the Viagra in here? Where are the blue pills in here? There's usually a few of those, too. But, uh, oh, so you're, you really get, you really understand this. I like this. You know who's involved with this, too? Anthony Orso. He used to mm-hmm. be with Kanta. Yeah, I know, Anthony. He's, he's doing a big initial. Mm-hmm. So is Steve jumping into this? Steve's jumping into it as well. Yeah, he's got a couple of projects. He just gave a great uh, presentation. He's a very good speaker, William, too. Williamsburg yeah. does. Very smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most important, most important, you know, the last book, you how many books have you written? Four books. And what's the names of them? But the one book I really want to write Something is called 50, 50, 50 Shades of Hedge Funds. That's the one I want to write. Yeah, it's going to be a profile of Bo Some rabbit's ass or something? What was that called? Yeah, the, the, it's called Up Bo Deedle's Ass. <laughs> it was a bestseller. No, what was the thing with the rabbit Hopping hole? over the rabbit hole. You try to avoid mistakes. How an entrepreneur turns failure into okay, success. That's that was one. Come on. Wall Street Journal bestseller. 
next. Uh, Trump, the blue-collar president. That was fun because the liberals are like, that guy's not blue-collar. I said, look, Trump was born with a golden toilet seat under his hiney. And if you've ever been to Trump's apartment, it looks like Louis XIV smoked crystal meth and decorated the place, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, he's not blue-collar, but he did get the blue-collar people to vote for him. And I explained, oh, you know, it, I explained of, in the book I'm why. Meeting, I'm, meeting, I'm meeting Bernie Carrick now for lunch, but yeah, you know, he says hello to you. I'm having the drinks with Keith Schiller tonight. Yeah, great guy. Up at the joint hey, okay, uh, on good. 14th Street. Okay, good. Yeah, awesome. yeah. He's, love, a, good, he's a good man. He, please tell him I say hi. Yeah, yeah. He's down in Boca now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's doing very well. He's got stuff with international. He met a lot of people. God bless. He's a good, loyal guy too. So mm-hmm. you know what? What we do is what we do every week mm-hmm. is we wrap the show up with something. It could be a person or something that really bothers you, Anthony. What is your punk of the week? My punk of the week. It could be a person or an my, issue. My, my or punk of the week. I'm, I mean, my, my punk of the week is rancid penis, who's also called Reince Priebus. I mean, he's the punk Still? of the week. Still, yeah, terrible guy. Still, is he yeah. still, where is no, he? No, no, I don't even know where he is, but he's a terrible guy. And let me tell you something. When you meet people that terrible in your life, obviously you stay away from him. You, you ignore him. But I was at this event in Williamsburg. The person comes over. To, oh, I'm really good friends with Rance Penis. I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. The guy was an unbelievably dishonest and terrible guy. And he's one of the creatures from the Black of Loon. So he's not the punk of the week. He's not the punk of the month. He's, he's the not punk. the punk of the fucking year. He is the punk of the century. Okay, well, low life punk. You know when I met okay, him, that, yeah, I was punk. on Hannity's show. And he was low life punk. Me. So I go on Hannity's show. I didn't even know who he was. He looked like a little troll. So yeah. I go on his show after we finish. That I could be one of the problems. I didn't even know. I didn't even see the, the the blip underneath. He was the head of the Republican Party. He gives me his card. He says. You're the head of the Republican Party? I said, that's, excuse my language, that's why it's so effed up, the Republican Party. Yeah, no, my no, punk that's of, why it's probably so, who's your punk of the week? My punk of the week is a guy named Ed Cox. Ed Cox, singularly, has destroyed what has been the Republican Party in the great state of New York, my hometown. Mm-hmm. His claim to fame is he injected uh, uh, Nixon's daughter with a little pregnation, and he became a son-in-law of Nixon. He has destroyed... This Republican yeah. Party, he runs garbage counties. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I told him to his face, you've single-handedly destroyed the Republican Party and what in say? this state. He looks at me, and he's tall. He's big, like Big Bird de Blasio. For some reason, these big guys see me, they're a little nervous because they know I'm a little psychopathic. He's a punk, and I called him a punk to his face. Yeah. He says to me, you know, Bo, he goes, you should drop out of the campaign. I said, no, you should let me do this Wilson Bacola. Let me run against the gal from Santa. If she beats me, I'll drop me, out and support her. Me, he couldn't do it. I went to Queens County. I won line. 17 to 3 against. I said, I have a name. I could beat this guy up. I got more of a shot than she would have. And then I had to run. I, when I look well, at the I mean, ballots, when see, I looked at the ballot, Anthony, you know what I the love mayor's about? here. I couldn't find my name. I was on the bottom you know next what I to some Chinese you? guy. You know what I love about you, Bo? You picked the same person that I picked. I picked the RNC chair. You picked the RNC oh, state funny? chair. You see that? So you and I are very similar, yeah. Bo. That's why we should never be politicians. We should have beautiful podcasts, hang out with our families. And what we should do is try to get people into the system, though, and start voting and start offering up ideas of reform. One thing I love about Trump, and there's people, a lot of people don't like him, blah, 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 but I'll tell you what I love about him. He's trying to change and reform a very, very broken system. Okay, and we know it's broken. Everybody knows it's broken. But it's the Ed Coxes, whatever that guy's name is, and the Rancipenises, that <laughs> they do all these little shenanigans to keep the system broken so they can stay in power. 
Empower yourself if you're listening to this podcast. Register yourself to vote. Get out there and vote. And buy a bumper sticker from Bo Deedle's podcast store, AOC out ASAP. Okay, let's, we got to make those. Let's, we gotta put, make them those. let's put that on AOC out, out ASAP. You know what? Let's do that. Let's start it tonight on the we'll podcast logo. with right. my intelligent front, Anthony Scarlett. AOC out ASAP. But, wait, I got to sign up. I got to go to Bloomberg. No, but listen, Bloomberg? Okay. I'm going to Bloomberg Television. You, you know my why hair. Bloomberg didn't run, right? Why? Uh, why? <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. All right. So they Did know you that. hear that? Yeah, no Did you hear that? Of course I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's that's code, Carlo. All right. I, 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 I don't it. even mention it. Okay, right, please. Listen, a, I have a great life, okay, and I don't need so people now, mentioning that. So <laughs> now, how can people get to you? What's your uh, all your social shit? Yeah, at Scaramucci. S C A R A M U C C I. I'm at Scaramucci on Instagram. At Scaramucci on Twitter. Uh, you find me there. I follow everybody because I'm shadow banned because I hate conservatives. So just send me a direct message from one. And of how do they get us? All right. You could follow us on social media. We're at One Tough Podcast on Twitter. Bo is at Bo Deedle on Twitter and at The Real Bo Deedle on Instagram. I'm CJ Coutinho on all platforms. We appreciate our fans. You could find the show wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a great review and follow us. OG Podcast on Twitter. Email all your questions. One Tough Podcast at gmail.com. Anthony Scaramucci, one more returning thing. guest. Who, what speakers are we going to have at the Soul Conference in Vegas? We've got a whole collective mix. John Kelly, Susan Rice, Valerie Jarrett, Nikki Haley. You got people like Mark Cuban coming, uh, Steve Case. You got uh, this is cool shit. I mean, you got uh, you can unbelievable. You, this is a happening uh, buffet table of different people. Leslie Odom Jr. that was in Hamilton. And Michael Milken from the Milken Conference coming to my conference. You we never mentioned the Mooch documentary though, but I'll tell you that was a lot of oh, fun. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah, before we go, uh, yeah, there's still I gotta go though. To, okay, go. Did gotta did go. you where can we find the Mooch documentary? You just go to Amazon or you go to uh, Apple, uh, the iTunes Store. You watch the Mooch documentary. A little it'll tough. Give you, it's a little tough in the. Uh, he, he told me after the documentary, he said, man, you're a tough little son of a bitch. What do you want me to be, Bo? How do you think I got here, Bo? I can't go from the family I went from to where I am today without staying in the cockpit and taking some heat. Okay, but also, if you're coming after me, as was evidence in that podcast, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to come after you. If you leave me alone, okay, then you're fine. Everybody's you follow what I'm happy. saying? But the guy ran a penis. You know, we're going to do a number on him. I mean, you can do a number on Ed Cox on the next podcast, okay? Yeah, Love we'll you. we'll do it. Love and you, just, man. Okay, thank you, uh, Anthony Scaramucci. All right. Thanks again. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.